0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's not just spring training camp speak. There are lots of reasons to be excited about the Cincinnati Reds. We'll tell you why on today's Locked On Reds. You are locked on Reds. Daily Cincinnati Reds Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Welcome in, everyone. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Stephen Offenbaker. And you just heard from my co-host, Jeff Carr. We love baseball we love these cincinnati reds and we have taken our love for the game we've taken our love for this team and we have turned it into information for you locked on reds is part of the locked on podcast network your team every day and on today's podcast we are joined by cincinnati inquirer columnist jason williams jason has a lot to talk about he's going to talk about the excitement surrounding this team and how much cincinnati the town cincinnati the place is going to love Cincinnati the team. He talks a little bit about uh, ownerships, philosophies towards moving this team forward. He talks a lot about Nick Crawl. He talks a lot about Ellie De La Cruz. There is so much in this episode. Make sure you stick around to the end. Make sure right now, before it gets started, click subscribe, click the notification bell, click the like button. Click the subscribe button on the audio feed. Don't miss any of this. We love having you here. We love talking Reds baseball with you. Before we get into our conversation with Jason, I want to shout out the sponsor of today's podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers, join today, and you'll get $150 in bonus bets back if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. And we're going to get started with Jason Williams right now. All right, we are
0: welcoming in Jason Williams, your sports columnist for the Cincinnati Inquirer. And we were talking just before I hit record that it's been a little while since Jason's had the chance to be on the podcast with me. I know Steve wasn't my co-host last time he was on, and we weren't on video. So if, if you don't know, if, if you listen to Jason on the radio, if you read his stuff, this is what Jason looks like. Uh, <laughs> so when, when he says things that don't sound like no I'm just kidding don't do that but Jason appreciate you being on I when it comes to this team I mean Steve and I try to tone down our optimism a little bit which yeah. I know some folks in everydayers will be like no you don't but when we when we see some different takes and stuff like that um it kind of some of the things that you have said over the offseason how are you feeling specifically about this team
2: well, the thing that really stood out to me, I've been out, I'm here at spring training right now, get ready to watch uh, the Reds take on the Cubs in Mesa. And the thing that has really stood out to me, I'm going to leave, to go back to Cincinnati tomorrow after a week here. And uh, Cincinnati is going to love this team. This is a, this, I mean, I'm getting a little bit of goosebumps because I, I, I feel like this team has everything the cincinnati fans love and that uh, even going back to the big red machine day fans that that they loved a, a, about a, about reds baseball these guys get along they, they 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 love each other they're great teammates to each other and that that whole thing and you know i know that, that can you know draw some eye rolls from some people but that's legit these guys uh there's a real clubhouse culture here. And that's not a bunch of, uh, you know, just, uh, uh, you know, people aren't just saying that that's, that's a real thing. Uh, They, they get after it. They play hard. I I watched a couple days ago, Brett Butler, the, the the former leadoff hitter for the several teams, but uh, you know, the Dodgers and the giants uh, you know, of the eighties and nineties came out here and worked with these guys bunting And to watch those guys and Ellie De La Cruz worked with him and to think like if L.E. De La Cruz could add a little bit of bunting to his game just with his speed. And so uh, they get after it. They they get along. Um, They're tough. There's another piece of this team that there's a real toughness about these guys. And I'm not just I threw that question at David Bell the other day. I was like, you know, we talk a lot about culture. You talk a lot about talent, but you don't talk a lot about not him just generally about how tough this team is and he said well there's many different ways to define toughness and uh you know there's there's pain thre- uh, you know pain tolerance and how guys handle adversity and uh can they overcome it and you know and I I, I threw that question all this stuff at Luke Maley today in the uh, in the clubhouse and I said I said that same thing to him I said I after being here for a week Luke I since gonna love this team
1: you know, can you imagine Ellie De La Cruz? You know, he he loves to rope-a-dope a guy. We've seen him do it so many times on the base pass. Can you imagine him getting to an infield to draw in and then smoking a oh. ball 115 miles an hour right at a guy? Um, I don't know if I'd want to play infield against an Ellie De La Cruz that could bunt from time to time.
2: Uh, heck no. But, uh, you know, if he can drop, drop one down here and there, especially too. you know, we saw him struggle down the stretch last year. If he could add that, and I know it's easier said than done. If if it, if it weren't, then Billy Hamilton might still be here. Billy Hamilton <laughs> might still be in the big leagues. Uh, obviously, Drew Stubbs would have had a different career. And, you know, we were talking about that as some of the writers and the Reds folks were standing off to the side watching that that bunting clinic that uh, Brett Butler was putting on the other day and T.J. Frito leading the way as well. Um, but if he could just add, you know, at least maybe even grasp some of the basics of it, and especially in those times when he's – slumping um, and, and be able to drop one down, bam. I mean, that's all you just get the guy on base, right? We know that we, we know the Reds, uh, you know, there's so many different things that they know when he gets on base, how much of an advantage they have just by him being on base and what he does to change the complexion of a game of an inning uh, just by him reaching first base safely and just get on base and if that's what it takes and at times then that then you know why not and so i think that's the what the approach to the reds right now is um expanding ellie you know you guys you guys have talked about it a lot and all the different things he's done with the swing and all that so if, if he can you know i think too they, they don't want to throw too much at him um Right. He, and You know, it's interesting. And if I could say this about Ellie as well, we've, we found in the last few days here that he's really working hard on learning English and he's mm-hmm. trying to do his interviews um, just in English this year. Uh, David Bell this morning uh, said that um, he said yeah, he's even working on it with guys in the clubhouse with, uh, with David Bell. He's throwing a question. He's trying to teach David Bell Spanish. He's throwing a question, <laughs> a, a question a day. <laughs> To david bell to see if david bell can respond to his question what uh, would, in spanish
1: so. what does a david <laughs> bell in spanish interview look like because the english versions are you yeah. guys did really well out there today. Everything seemed to be right. good, just fine. We're going to go out there and, and do our best to, to win. So, is the Spanish version the same way? <laughs> Hola, no, I, I think we're going to see. Yeah, I think we're yeah. going to see David Bell, like you know. And I, I don't <laughs> speak Spanish, but he good, to, be like,
0: ah, it's going to roll his ours really well. We're going to yeah, finally right. it's get
1: it's some flair. Is that energetic. where? <laughs>
2: That's where it's all going to come
0: out. No, I'm just kidding. I need I need a <laughs> GIF of that him just rolling his ours for a minute. That'd be amazing. Um, no, I, I I read that. Um, I think it was Charlie that had the had the article about that when he was talking about Ellie learning English and yeah. and really I think that's an underrated thing. I mean not not necessarily from the standpoint that you know people can communicate with them everybody has their own language. It's from the standpoint of confidence. It shows yeah. that Ellie's like, man, I am here and I want to make sure there's nothing lost in translation from what I have to say based on the questions that I hear and all this yeah. other stuff. Like I I have nothing to hide with my game. Because I'm so excited about
2: it. Right. I, I you know, um, I don't, there is nothing to hide about his game. Uh, you know, you even just go around the complex and I, and I, and I know like it, it, 22 years, he just turned 22, right? He just, right. did he, he just, yeah, he just turns 22 and, you know, he, he's already been in the organization for, you know, what, several years now. <laughs> and, you know, you talk, I've talked to some of the guys that work at the, uh, the complex in Goodyear year round, who've known him since day one. And the guy who picked him up from the airport, the first, when they, when they first signed him and brought him to the complex from the uh, Sky Harbor airport and has got has known him probably before almost anyone in the Reds organization. And he, I just was small talking with him. He's the guy he sits next to the uh, player's parking lot, Lance. And, uh, he's telling me just how wonderful of a a guy Ellie is, how much he he loves to play the game, how much he just uh, loves being around his teammates, how um, just he's just talking about how impressed he is as the fact that he's, it's just, it was, it's funny to him to think of me, they still only 22 and that he's, I I don't want this to sound like he's, this is like, you know, a little league or high school player, but I, I think it applies. Like he's coachable. And the fact that he's still young, and the fact that uh, you know he's had all like we we, all all three of us and so many others have written and said and and heaped all this you know superstardom on him, and for him to be able to at that age block that out or, or or embrace it, not not necessarily block block it out but embrace it, but not let it not let it impact him in terms of that he has to get better. I'm super impressed with. How how you're able how he's able to do that and how he's working on and he's open to, um you know his his uh, he's open to coaching like Barry Larkin's been working with him on uh, and I talked to Barry yesterday just on pre what was Barry Barry he did demonstrate for but but pre pre pitch positioning and it's basically when the pitch is released it's you taking a little step and staggering your foot and being ready. And he said, I said, isn't that a, you know, we talk about that. I, I coach a youth baseball team last day. He's like, you're, wait, you're, you're talking about these, like, even more with big leaguers because a lot of guys think, you know, they've gotten away because they're such great athletes over the years. He said, but here, uh, you know, the ball's come at you so hard and the pitching is, you know, it's it's a whole different game. And so they constantly have to be reminded, even the great athletes like Ellie and he's, you know, Barry was talking about how he's really watching, all the infielders, but how Ellie is developing, even in that little nuance of the game. And uh, certainly we know he's, and and so we talk a lot about his hitting, but you know, his fielding needs to improve as well. And, and uh, so he's very coachable on on that side
0: as, uh, as well. Ellie to the minors. Jason clarifies what he had to say about that in just a moment. Before we get to that, I want to tell you about one of today's sponsors and that is FanDuel. Right now, new users can take advantage of this great offer. If you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and you place a $5 wager, your first winning $5 wager will get you $150 in bonus bets back. You cannot find those odds. You really can't. And and to be honest with you, if you go to FanDuel and you place a $5 wager that gives you the odds that you can turn $5 into $150, then I don't think that bet's going to hit. So check it out today because with basketball going on, I mean, we're, we're heading into conference championship season in the NCAA. We've got uh, the stretch run right now of the NBA. Plus we got spring training baseball. I don't know that I would recommend placing a wager on spring training baseball, but there's some great futures, like great prop bets, great things. You can check out, uh, awards. And stuff like that the cy young award and, and who's got odds to win that we've got 42 to one for hunter green andrew rabbit is a little bit better they actually like andrew rabbit a little bit more to win the cy young award not not amazingly so i believe it's like 27 to one last i saw but you can check out things like that and more on fanduel.com slash locked on or download the app on your phone today it's the great way to enhance your sports watching experience again that's FanDuel.com/lockedon. And any new user with a winning $5 bet gets $150 in bonus bets back. FanDuel is an official partner of the NBA and the official sportsbook of Locked On. Thanks, as always, for making Locked On Reds your first listen every single day. Every day is coming up on the show tomorrow. Frankie Montas is going to make his spring debut for your Cincinnati Reds. We're going to talk about his expectations coming into 2024 and why the odds are against him. There's more on that on tomorrow's episode, but let's get back into our conversation with Jason Williams as he explains his thought process
1: behind Ellie De La Cruz going to AAA. You know, Jason, people may not realize the difference between being a beat writer covering this team and being a sports columnist covering this team. You have a different style of writing. You have different storylines you chase, and and you have a little bit more freedom to... To you know, write from an opinion standpoint versus just reporting on on what you see or, or what's going on. Uh, there's been a couple stories that have come out. Uh, some from you, I think one was a joint effort with you and Gordon. And and while I, negative's not the right word, but uh, could have felt like a, a bucket of cold water at times, right? In this the excitement that is this team. Yeah. And, but talking to you, hearing you do interviews, hearing you talk right now. That's clearly not how you feel. Uh, one of those pieces that you wrote involved the possibility of Ellie starting in the minors, and and yep. I wonder, I wonder how you temper that excitement that you obviously have and that we have with some of the work that you've done and, and, and writing a story, say, Ellie may need to start in the minor leagues. How, yeah. how do you, how do you juggle those two positions?
2: Well, that's just being real. That's just being realistic that, uh, that, that's what, that's what the Reds have said. That's what Nick has said. That's what David Bell said. And I, you know, it, that's a great question. Um, that's what Ellie said. Ellie was asked about it at Reds Fest and Ellie said, you know, and paraphrasing, but he said there's a lot of work to be done in order for him to make the big club. And that's again, you know, when we talk about all this optimism, uh, that's all, that's all part of it. Really. It's all realistic. Um, I think there's a, I think there's a sense among fans that these guys have arrived and that, you know, that they're proven big leaguers and we keep, we have to remember. I mean, I'm talking about we myself included, um, that these guys, uh, they're, they're ahead of schedule. They came up before most of them, all of them right came up before we thought they were going to come up
1: yeah a full, and so, a full season ahead of where we thought yeah, they were going exactly
2: come. and uh and so there's still a lot for for all of those guys collectively individually individually sorry uh to prove and, and and just to make sure um you know i asked david bell i sat down with him the other day did a one-on-one uh column right next week and he uh and i said hey can you clarify this like um this you know this like is it a i forget how i worded it but like you know it's not like this thing is set in stone yet right um about like the the everyone these young guys all have their positions locked up and and he he said hey he went right to nick has a very clear plan um that the plan is player development and it, that everything goes through player development that everything revolves around player development. And then he went on to say, um, "You know, that is the plan. Uh, that that it is. As they sit here today, that that that's that's what the Reds want. I mean, the Reds. The plan is for this young core of guys to all start in the major leagues. But what he's saying is that if they see a guy struggle and to a point where um, they feel like uh, he he needs to spend a little time uh, to start in the season in the minor leagues." And, and I'm talking just generally. I didn't ask him about a specific player. I didn't. I didn't say that. Um, but he's talking about all the young players. And he said, "Then we feel like that's in the best interest of the player and the team." Then, uh, then he said, "We'll make a tough decision." Now, in saying that, he also was saying, "Like that doesn't mean if if, if one of those guys and let's face it, if if everyone stays healthy, which is pretty rare for that to happen." Um, there will be a tough decision or two to make. And that has nothing to do with that. That player isn't part of the plan. And and we all know who these guys are, that they're part of the now and the future. But uh, sometimes you might have to take a little detour in that player development process to be a part of the bigger part of the future. And and, and so that that's really uh that's I that's really the crux of of what the the Reds are saying and and I think there's been some um I don't know if confusion is maybe not the right word but just you know no no one's no one I think is rooting for Ellie to start the the uh the the, the season at, in, right. in Louisville and, and you know and I think as we sit here today it's like well, if he's if he's developing and he and he doesn't just go into a total tailspin slump and is just terrible at shortstop and at the plate during spring training, then you know what what would be the good of starting him in Louisville? I think. But if the, if he were to do that, then then I think that would have to be considered. Um, but that's that's what the Reds are saying. You know Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, all, all those guys. As if you sit here right now, this moment. If all goes as planned, all those guys are going to – well, I don't know if all of them, but certainly Ellie De La Cruz is going to be in the opening day lineup.
0: Well, and I think, too, uh, it's funny because it's kind of a microcosm of life in general, but especially on social media, there seems to be two camps of Reds yeah. fans. There, there's a camp that thinks they're going to win 120 games and win the World Series, and then there's a camp that thinks they're going to win 20 games and fire everyone. Yeah, And it feels like if you're in the middle, you're the crazy one.
2: Yeah, I mean I covered politics for six years. Uh in I knew you that, could
0: speak to that. Yeah. That
2: was uh that sounds very familiar, uh, as someone who really prides himself on being in the middle. Um like and I was yeah, I was Twitter thought I was crazy for that. Um yeah, I I, I try to like, you know, sort of like the Twitter thing is uh I've got lots of lots of feels about it and lots of thoughts, but um yeah, I, I think people just in general should be, I don't, I don't know, I don't like to say, you know, you shouldn't should or you should this, or whatever. But like, right. I don't think there's any reason to not be feel positive about this, to not feel that as we sit here today, uh, that the Reds, uh, you know, the Reds should be in it. Uh, you know, they were right there last year. I love what they did in the offseason in terms. I know they didn't make the big free agent splash necessarily in terms of they spent $108 million. Was that spread out across, you know, a handful of guys? Yeah. But what I, what I like guys, what I liked the most about what the Reds did in the offseason was the moves they made were complementary to what, to the young players, they were about depth and they, and they really sent a message to the young players. We believe in you. Yes. So it wasn't, like they went out and got, you know, a couple of, you know, big frontline free agents in which they said, ah, you know what? You know what, Marte, we're going to go get a big third baseman here because yeah, we don't, we don't really, we're not ready for you yet or, or a new short, you know what I mean? So, and you know, uh, anyway, go ahead. I've got a lot of thoughts on on a lot of things, but I I don't want to just keep uh, (laughs) rambling
1: on. We've got lots more coming up with Jason. Jason's going to tell us how Nick Craw has the keys to the car that is the Cincinnati Reds. He's going to explain why coming up next. Before we get to that, I want to shout out one of the sponsors of today's podcast. That is Game Time. You can take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Jeff and I have told you how much we like using this app. We both do it. Uh, we'll head down to the banks. We'll find a place to eat, maybe get a couple beverages. Uh, once we've finished our food and are ready to make our way to the stadium, we open up the Game Time app and we get great deals on tickets and then just walk across the street and walk into the ballpark. Uh, you can download the Game Time app right now and create an account. Use the code locked on and you're going to get $20 off your first purchase. That's $20 off already. Deeply discounted tickets in most cases. Terms do apply, but you just need to go create that account and redeem the code locked on. It's L O C K E D O N locked on to get your $20 off your first purchase. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. You can follow us in between episodes on social media, uh, mostly over on Twitter, X, X Twitter, you know, Elon's thing. Uh, You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three F's. You can follow me at S Offenbaker. That's with two Fs, and you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. Also make sure that you have bookmarked the site inside the Reds.com. Jeff's writing about the Reds over there. I'm writing about the Reds over there. James Rapine's writing about the Reds. Uh, lots of talented writers uh, covering the Reds in written form there. Make sure you check that out today and join us on our Discord server. Uh, we have a great community over there on Discord. The link for that is down in today's show description. Uh, come join us, talk a little bit of baseball, talk a little bit of football. We've got all kinds of channels over there uh, a little bit of something for everybody. So join us today because we want to talk baseball with you. And without further ado, let's get back into this conversation with Jason Williams because uh, he had a lot of interesting thoughts to share about Nick Craw, uh driving the car and being in charge. Let's talk to Jason. Well, and let's
0: let's expand on that a little bit because in years past, it has been evident. It's been reported to some extent as well, but it's been evident that there has been Things where ownership has made decisions for the front office, where they have directed this team in a certain way, and that's not always been the best direction. What is your feeling now yeah. that Nick Crawl is driving the ship, and it's ownership that is supporting his agenda as opposed to the other way around?
2: Man, you could not have said that any better. I just sat down yesterday during uh, the game uh, in, uh, at the ball at Goodyear Ballpark with Bob Castellini. And we we've, we've done that now a couple of springs where I just sit down with him and catch up, and it's it's an off the record discussion. Um, so you know I won't quote him or anything, but you know I can say this that uh, I I don't think he'd be mad at me to say that he could not he he it, we we'd be talking about something just whatever, and he kept bringing it back to Nick, and that I mean the amount of praise and the amount of I, my big takeaway from him when it, regarding that what you just said was that. You're exactly right. Nick Crawl has uh, the I don't I don't know what the right word is, but he 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 has he has the key. He has the key and that it is it's the ownership uh, that is leaning on him, deferring to him. And certainly when it when it comes time to spend money. But there is such a trust level in Nick who's been in the organization I mean, he he was hired under Jim Bowden. I mean, this guy has had many jobs, and it's crazy to think. Um, And and the amount of credibility that he has built up and what he has done here, and, you know, yes, uh, does Mr. Castellini and the ownership group, Mr. Castellini being the one, the key person, uh, does when it comes time to, hey, I I need $45 million to go get uh, Candelario, um, yeah, he has to sign off on that. But he has such a trust level – Now in, in, in the, in the front office, uh, the player personnel folks um, that he, he went on and he, he, he went on to talk about the scouting department. you could just tell like, and these are, these are things that I don't think Bob Castellini was really talking about for several years, but you can tell that he's all in on Nick crawl's plan from top to bottom in, in the player development and uh, how they go about scouting players how they go about you know the the character i mean character is a huge part of of the nit crawl area and that they are they analyze and ask questions about guys character and how that plays into what they ultimately believe translates to how they play on the field and uh, there is a very detailed plan there is a very uh structured plan a plan that just everyone is on board with from all the way from the, the owner uh, all the way down through the organization that, uh, you know, wasn't, I mean, it's funny to think it was, was that two years ago, right? You guys about this time mm-hmm, yep. when they were, when it was, it was not good. And to think Device about how, that I think how a good word <laughs> a great word for it, I think to think that in two years time where they are and how much the top of this organization has bought into what Nick crawl's plan is. And David bell is a, uh, it's pretty amazing.
1: You know, when Nick crawl first looked in that camera and presented kind of his vision for where he was going to take this team and how he was going to do things, it was very clear that the reds were moving in a direction of being much more Tampa than they were ever going to be able to be a yep. Dodgers or be a New York Mets. You know, it was going to be through build and churn. But that being said, there is an element of a core that you need to have signed and protected and around for a while. And, and they started that process with Hunter Green already. We've heard that last year, they also uh, made some initial conversations with Graham Ashcraft. I think they had some initial conversations with Nick Lodolo. As you've wandered around the complex and talked with people and had the opportunity to, to hear different perspectives, where are they, or do you even know where they are on continuing that mission can getting guys like say a Matt McClain or an Ellie De La Cruz or those pitchers that I mentioned locked into the fold for more than just their six years of team control to, to have that established core that you then churn the roster around to continue to be uh, competitive each and every year.
2: Yeah. um, That's a great question. And I haven't heard about anything specifically. I, I have heard that that is that's, that is part of when we talk about plan. That is absolutely part of the plan. So, uh, you know, sometimes sometimes players will share that, yeah, they're discussing. And, and I haven't asked. I I know Graham Ashcraft, I believe someone asked him this, this spring about it. Um, but that is the overall broad part of the plan is to keep that core in place. And the only way they're going to be able to do that is by uh, doing kind of what they did with Hunter Green. Mm -hmm. Um, otherwise if you let these guys get out too far that, uh, then you're going to have to, and that, and that's going to be, that's going to be real interesting here. And, uh, you know, I know that's not something to worry about today, um, or next year, but it's going to be interesting to see as these guys grow up, um, you know, that's when the, that's when the rubber is going to meet the road with ownership and is ownership going to revert back to, the, the big contracts of, you know, you think back to the players that they, that grew up here, uh, Votto and Jay Bruce and, you know, the, because the Tampa Bay model is says to say, thank you very much uh Joey. And thank you, Jay. And thank you for, you know, we valued you and, but we have to let you go. Um I do believe uh, I will say I've had enough conversations uh, with the the right people on that, that, they are very committed to uh, that plan of, you know, once those guys cycle out, that they've got guys ready to go, and that's part. That's a big part of this, and so right. that will be the challenge, though, when a, to to Mr. Castellini when that time comes here. I don't know, three, four years, right? I'm my math's not great, but you know, kind of when these guys grow
0: up, and well, you know, they've got them for a while. Obviously, six years for a lot of them. Yeah. And I think that's the important thing too, is not only to have an organization that can keep together its core, but if there is a core member that you just aren't able to sign for whatever reason, you have the organization that you can replace that guy. And I think that that's where know, I hate saying this name, but that's where the St. Louis Cardinals excelled for the longest amount of time is that even uh, if Albert Pujols leaves, but even if Albert Pujols leaves, they're able to absorb that and they have somebody to replace that. And I feel like that is the sweet spot. And as much as we're not not rooting for them to not spend money, we're rooting for them to be able to be like, all right, look, Ellie is too expensive, but we have Edwin Arroyo. Uh, You know, things like that.
2: Well, and I, I think too, and I was talking uh, about this yesterday with, I think it was with some of the other writers, and um, you know, just the the amount of they, they are they are, they've stockpiled talent in this organization. You you guys know that you talk about it, um, but it, you know, and they they they've so far they've they're holding on to it, and you know, certainly there was a lot of debate about whether they should have let some of it go at the deadline last year uh, to get that one piece that could have pushed you to the, oh, to the Jeff playoffs. And I have
1: gone Jeff and I have gone round and round on the spending of prospect capital. So yes, right. I know exa- exactly what you're talking about. And
2: so I, I think, and again, this is just my uh, opinion as a columnist, I think right now they're, they're trying to figure that out. Like what can you let go of? Or so right now they're, they're just keeping all of it as they figure it out. Let's, let's, let's let this thing play out a little bit longer Um, because I, you know, that is the plan is when, uh, you know, some guy gets into his latter years and then they've got another guy ready to go. And so what's the balancing act of that? Well, you know, you can only have a couple of guys ready to go at that one position and you don't need, do you need five of them ready to go at once? So that's, that's really going to be the evolution or one of the evolutions of this, this plan that the Reds have and the Reds have it. I, I, you know, it's so funny to think guys, like, and you guys have talked about a lot. I'm sure you've you know, wrung your hands over it a lot. Um, but so many years there, when you talk about what's the plan, what's the plan, what's the plan? You know, Mike Moustakis, really? Like, what's the plan here? <laughs> and, 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 and now there is a plan. And in some ways, the plan has to, uh, I don't know, mature or evolve in some ways. And I think that's one piece. Like, when will it be okay to start, using your uh, prospect capital to flip that for uh, a key player that you need at the deadline to, you know, not only maybe at some point you, you're not looking, you know, you're going to the playoffs, but win at all. And so I, I think they're, that that's an ongoing thing that they're going to uh, you know, they got to figure that out. So if, as this thing goes along.
0: Really appreciate Jason giving us his time today and giving us the insight that he's gotten from going out, to Goodyear, but that's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Reds podcast. Make sure if you are not an everydayer, become an everydayer by subscribing right here on YouTube or on your favorite podcasting app. And if you're here on YouTube, thanks so much for doing so. Make sure you also click that bell to get notified whenever we've got new content for you and make sure you click the like button. Helps out the algorithm. It kind of bumps the show up a little bit for YouTube and they uh, recommend it for people that have not seen the show before but that'll do it for us here today. Like I said, tomorrow's show will be about Frankie Montas and our expectations for him going into the season and why the odds aren't necessarily in favor of him coming back from that shoulder surgery, but that's going to be on tomorrow's episode because uh, you can expect us every single day to keep you locked on reds every single day.